Happy Wednesday, women of strength. We are so excited to be back with you today. This is Megan with the Feedback Link, and we have a special story with you. Obviously, all of our stories are amazing and special, but if you haven't seen on our social media yet, we have a new team member on the VBAC Link team, and she is Katie and going to be, she is Katie. Her name is Katie, and she is going to be sharing her HBAC story with you today. So if you didn't know, she started in August and has been killing it. So grateful for her. She's been helping me with emails and social media and all of the things. So you may run into her if you are writing on Instagram or anything like that. Um, You may run into her messaging you and just tell her hello and give her a squeeze because you guys, she's amazing. Um, And head over to her post on the Instagram page and learn more about her and say hello that way as well. So yeah, we are going to dive into this story, but of course we have a review and guys, we're running down on reviews. So we need your reviews. If you would not mind, send us your reviews. You can give them to us on Apple Podcasts. You can do it on Google, Spotify, I think, um, Google, just like google.com. And on Facebook, you can message us, you can Instagram us. We love your reviews and we would love to read them. We have so many amazing stories coming up to finish out 2022, which is kind of crazy to even think about that. It's August right now in record at the time that I'm recording and we have almost everybody booked up for 2022. So we have amazing stories. I will promise you that, but send us a review and maybe your review will just be next read on the podcast. This review says must have for all pregnant women. And I love that because definitely this is something we want to portray out there is yes, feedback is specific to vaginal birth after cesarean. However, this podcast really applies for so many people out there who's just wanting to have a baby on ways to avoid cesarean, ways to find good care, good providers, all the things. So I would 100% agree with that. Must have for all pregnant women. It says, Prepping for my VBAC in August, which is right now, I found this podcast and it has been so inspiring. Hearing facts from experienced doulas and successful VBAC mamas has given me the confidence I didn't know was possible. I now feel comfortable talking to my OB as well as my family and friends about why I want to VBAC and feel informed of all the risks. I also love hearing the CBAC stories as well, so I will be ready to find healing however my next birth plays out. Thank you for all you do. This is from Emily. And that just gave me the chills because exactly, we want to prep for all things, all scenarios, all situations. So definitely listen to the Seaback stories. You guys, they're still so beautiful. A vaginal birth doesn't always have to be for everyone too. Some people just choose a scheduled Seaback and that is okay too. So we love, um, Emily, that you are listening to all the stories and you're loving it. And it's August, so if you haven't had your baby yet, we're sending you the love. And if you have and you're listening, send us a message. We'd love to know how it went. You are tuned into the VBAC Link Podcast with Megan Heaton, who is a longtime doula and VBAC mom herself, here to help you get inspired for birth after having had a C-section. Along with this podcast, the VBAC Link offers blogs, resources, and a comprehensive VBAC course for both parents preparing for birth and doulas wanting to take their VBAC education to the next level. Be sure to follow Megan and her team on all social media platforms for even more. Although these podcast episodes are VBAC specific, it is encouraged for all expectant moms to listen and educate themselves on how to avoid a C-section from the get-go. 
The purpose of this podcast is to educate and inform. It is not meant to replace advice from any other qualified medical professional. Here is your host, Megan. All right, Katie. How are you doing? Are you excited? I'm excited. I am so excited. So happy to be here, Megan. <laughs> My gosh. Thanks for having me on the show. Absolutely. We couldn't not have you on the show. And thanks for being with us and with the VBAC link. Like, I'm not kidding. You are saving grace. Every day, I feel so confident that everything's just going to be okay because you were in my life. <laughs> oh my so, God, you're so sweet. Thank you. Oh. But seriously, I just, I love Megan. I love the VBAC link. So it's such an honor for me to work with you and work with the VBAC link. So it's so special. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And I would love to turn the time over to you to share your journeys. Yes, I would love to. And I was going to say that this is a special this is a special story for me, especially because Megan was such a big part of my journey. Mm-hmm. And all of you listeners, I just have to say that Megan is as amazing as she seems. She's <laughs> so wonderful. And so I was, when we were living in Utah, I met with several different doulas and I loved them all. I knew them personally because I'm a doula as well. And for some reason, I just felt like Megan was my girl and she just mm-hmm. helped me so much through my journey. So I'm so grateful for you. And it's fun that you were there with me. And so you remember everything. I know. (laughs) I'll never forget it. I will never forget your birth. It was absolutely incredible. And I'm so excited to hear you tell the full story in your words. Because obviously I experienced it from my point of view, but like, I'm so excited to hear it from you. Oh, thanks. I'm excited too. Um, Well, so I'll just start off with my C-section. So my first son, his name is Ellison. He was born in 2019 and he was born via C-section. I ended up having low amniotic fluid. So I went in, I think it was like 38 and five days or something for my appointment. And he had low amniotic fluid. And my I was with a midwife group in Utah, like a hospital group. And she was just saying, oh, that's super low. Like I was measuring low. And then she had me go in for an ultrasound. And so they saw, like they checked like the pockets of amniotic fluid And I can't remember what mine was, but it was actually like really low. It was probably like two or three or something. And so she was like, oh man, like you have to have your baby right now. And Mm -hmm. I was a doula. And so I did know things like this could come up. And I, and I kind of felt like I knew how to counteract things like this because I I really was hoping not to get induced and have to go that whole route. But it, it was really hard, like being the mom in the situation, I didn't have a doula. I hadn't hired a doula. So being the mom, I was feeling really scared and like, oh my gosh, this is my first baby, which I do. I was trying to research it and it just, it just kind of felt like we needed to go in for the induction. So anyway, we had an induction. My baby wasn't tolerating the induction and probably, I think it was probably like 18 hours into labor or something. I, you actually like pretty much right when we started the induction, it kind of seemed like things were going downhill. Like he just wasn't ready. His heart rate kept decreasing. We we're kind of having some scary signs. So we did end up having a C-section and that was really devastating for me. And especially looking back, I, I feel like the induction was not necessary at all. I feel like the C-section maybe was necessary, but it was caused because of the induction. Mm-hmm. Um, And learning more about it and like talking to my midwife that I had for my second baby, she was like, yeah, it seems like there are some things that you could have tried first or some things you could have done. So it's kind of hard looking back and knowing that there were some things 
that were maybe still in my power that I could have changed for that experience, but it's okay. And I, I've processed it and it was unfortunate, but it ended up being okay. And I, I've healed from that, but then it was really stressful and just anxiety inducing for me, knowing that I would have to have a VBAC. I just didn't even imagine that that would be in the cards for me. So I, I got all the VBAC resources and I joined the VBAC link and I, I knew, um, Megan and Julie just from like in passing networking as doulas and stuff. Yeah. So I, I was planning for a VBAC and I did, I did all the things to prep for it. I would say I mostly prepped mentally for my VBAC. I knew, I know how hard it can be to give birth generally, but especially a VBAC, it just plays with your mind so much more. Mm-hmm. Um, I was originally planning on doing a birthing center And I think it was maybe in my first trimester, maybe into my second trimester, I decided to do a home birth. Um, My husband and I hired Megan. We felt really good about Megan. We felt really great about our midwife that we decided to go with. So we were feeling really, really excited for um, my age back. And so I, I went into, I had prodromal labor for about, I think it was six days before, before I went into actual labor. So that was just a nightmare for anyone who has experienced prodromal labor. You know how horrible it is. And I just kept thinking that this was the night, this was the night, but it wasn't. And it was just going on all night long. I was exhausted. I couldn't sleep. And one of the days I, my midwife suggested I like pump a little bit on and off during the day to see if that would kind of like kickstart my body into labor. And that didn't work. It just made it worse. So anyway, I was already exhausted and but I was also hoping, like I've heard so many women say that if when they have prodromal labor, that their labor goes quickly. So in my mind, I was kind of like, you know what, like this is going to be okay. I'm I'm laboring a lot like right now and maybe I won't have to do it later. So in my mind, I kind of had like an idea that my labor would be kind of fast and I felt prepped and I was just giving myself that affirmation that it was just going to be quick and that it was just going to be strong, powerful, quick labor. And that was not the case at all. So I I went into labor. I started having consistent contractions on my due date, which was kind of fun. It was like probably around 10 or 11 p.m. that night. And um, they just started out more mild. But I definitely I definitely noticed them. I my husband and I went to dinner. We dropped our um, son off at my gra- at my parents' house. And we were just going to go on a due date date. So we went out to dinner and I remember I was just so exhausted and having mild contractions. I really didn't think anything of it at this point because it had just been so regular, had been happening so much. But we got home and I got into bed and I remember thinking like, okay, this feels kind of different. I think, I think this might be it because I hadn't started my prodromal labor Usually, it usually started around like 2 a.m. or something, but this was like around 11 p.m. So I was like, oh, maybe, maybe this is it. So I did start having um, more like stronger contractions. I think it was 11 p.m. that night and I labored through the night. I couldn't sleep because they were so strong and I was laboring on my birth ball. I got in the tub. I did different positions and stuff, but I couldn't be in bed because I was so, they were painful enough for me not to be in bed. So the next morning, um, my husband woke up and I was like, hey, I think this is it. Like I've been up all night and they've been, they were like mild to strong. And I think, 
I think that night they started getting around like four or five minutes apart and they were staying like that. And so then I woke up and I was doing all the things. I called my midwife and was like, hey, like this is what's happening. Um, I think I had told Megan the night before, like, hey, I'm, I'm having contractions like this. So get some sleep if you can. And so I called my midwife and she was like, hey, just let me know like how it goes. I'll come by like this afternoon kind of thing. Because it, se- it seemed like it was still early labor-ish. They did feel strong, but it seemed like they were kind of like going from four to five minutes apart to like six or seven minutes apart. So we were kind of just trying to keep it going. Um, my midwife ended up coming over, I think it was around, one second, let me look. My midwife came over around 4 p.m. to check me because I was kind of telling her, like, they're getting a lot stronger, um, more consistent. I think I'm ready to get checked or, like, see where I'm at. So she came over, and I was dilated to three centimeters, um, zero station. And I remember being so excited because with my first baby, I hadn't been dilated at all. I mean, it was he was a little bit early, and I was being induced, and so I was dilated to zero. So I... I didn't have many expectations or hopes, but three, like it felt very exciting to me. So I was like, that's okay. We can work with three. We can keep going with the three. So I felt really excited and I kind of switched between doing like resting positions and upright positions. So we'd go on a walk and bounce on the birth ball. And then I would try to do like some side lying or laying in the bath or something like that and kind of like switch back and forth Um, because I was, I was pretty tired at that point. Then my contractions started getting stronger and closer together. I called Megan and she came over and I think that was around like 10 p.m. or 11 p.m. And they were they felt really strong at that point. And as a doula, I was kind of like, you know, I've been laboring for so long. I, I know the process of what labor normally looks like. So I, in my mind, I was like, you know, what? I probably don't have too much longer. I've probably been an active labor for maybe like a couple of hours or something, you know? So I, I kind of set in my mind, like I can, I can do this for a little bit longer. I'm okay. Um, but I was really tired and it had, they'd been getting really strong. And so Megan was there and I remember she did like a bunch of like rebozo stuff on me. Um, cause my contractions were weirdly kind of like really strong. And then I would like randomly have like a couple of smaller contractions and so we were wondering if baby was in a wonky position or something and then that night it was like 2 or 3 a.m probably and I was having so much pelvic pressure and I was shaking and I was throwing up and I remember just being in bed and it was like so intense and I had um, Megan and my husband doing counter pressure and the funny thing is my husband had um he had surgery on his pec, I think it was like a week and a half before my due date or something. So he he tore his pec at the gym and then had surgery. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me. Like, why did this happen right before our HVAC that we planned? And so that was stressful to me. And I felt so bad for Megan because I knew she would have to pick up a lot of this slack because he was in a full sling and cast he and was not. <laughs> hardly even move like he wasn't supposed to lift anything so like that was a rough situation for us um so Megan was doing so much of the counter pressure and the physical labor so we were all tired so anyway they were doing counter pressure and I was sidling and I was throwing up and in my mind I was like yes this is awesome like I'm throwing up I think I had around that point I had someone call my mom and my sister so I had three sisters who were coming over and who were kind of just like 
hanging out in the front room and my mom was there. I was wanting them to be a part of it as much as they wanted to be. Um, so we were all kind of waiting and I don't, I don't know about you, Megan. Like, I don't know if I ever actually talked to you about it, but I think around that time I was like kind of convinced that I was in transition because I was showing so many of the signs. And so in my mind, I'm like, this is awesome. Like I've been laboring for long enough. I am shaking, I'm throwing up. And so I was like, getting kind of excited about it mm-hmm. and thinking that I was getting really close. And so, yeah, then I was just kind of like, Hey, like, let's wait it out. Let things keep progressing. And then an hour later, things still hadn't been progressing. Like it kind of just seemed like it was still the same. So I was just completely exhausted at this point. I had been in labor for a really long time, like a full day, full night. It had been probably like 24 hours at that point. And so we were just kind of trying to decide, should I rest right now? Like how far along am I? Should I just rest and conserve my energy because I still have a while to go? Or should I, um, or should I like get up and moving and try to like keep this thing going? So I decided to have my midwife check me and I told her I did not want to know. I felt like it felt so important to me that I did not know what progress I made or like what my um, dilation was just because I know it is such a mind game. And especially for me, I knew it would mess with me so much to know the dilation and to like do the math that like doesn't really add up between dilating. And so I I really didn't want to know. So she checked me and I remember her being like pretty stoic. Like she didn't really say anything, kind of walked out, but then it was just the worst feeling ever because she went in the other room and was talking to my mom and my sisters and my mom and my sisters were planning on just being there like for the long haul until I had the baby. But I think everyone was kind of assuming it would be sooner rather than later. But then my mom and my sisters were like, okay, Katie, like we're going to head home and go to sleep and we'll be back like in a little bit. And I was like, oh my gosh. (laughs) So like, I didn't know what I was at. But I knew that it was, like, bad enough that people were, like, leaving the house kind of thing. Yeah. And I remember just being so devastated. They went to go get lunch, right? No, it was was still, like, it was, like, 2 a.m. Oh, she went out and to sleep. Yes. She went out to sleep. Yes. Yeah. So, Melissa, my midwife, went to her van to sleep. My mom and my sisters went back home. They lived close. Yeah. So, Megan and my husband were with me, and I was just, like, are you kidding me? Like everyone knows that I'm not going to have my baby soon. And so I didn't know at that point, but I later found out um, that I was still out of three, still zero station. I was like a little bit more faced. Like I barely made any progress. And it had been like almost 12 hours since she checked me the first time, like the day before. So I am so glad that I did not find out because I don't even know what that would have done to to me and to my mental game. Like, I don't know if I could have come back from something like that. I was so upset by it already. And I remember I was just like crying and just like, oh my gosh, I can tell that it's bad. And um, Megan came up and like hugged me and was being so nice and just like, Katie, it's okay to cry. It's okay. You are so strong. You can get through this. This is exactly what I needed to hear. So I just had a little pity party for a second. And that, that, it was just such a low, probably like the lowest moment for me in my labor. And Mm. so I had a pity party for a little bit and I was like, okay, well, I guess I'm just going to try to sleep for a little bit as much as I can, or just keep resting because I probably have a long way to go. So 
I um, labored in bed and I was in the shower and on the birth ball and my midwife came back in and she was being so nice and had like, was like massaging me and Megan was doing counter pressure because my poor husband couldn't do anything. So they were working really hard and my husband was standing next to me and sleeping next to me and was there with me the entire time, which was so special. So that night was just rough. I, I just can't even remember it, honestly. It was so exhausting. I was so tired and my contractions were so strong and still just had a lot of pelvic pressure. And I just couldn't believe that I was like not very far in my mind. So that was that was really upsetting. And then I think it was like, so it was the next morning, I think around 9 a.m., I was going to have my midwife check me again because, again, we were just kind of like, what's our plan? Do we need to keep sleeping? Should we get up and move around? It was it was morning. I remember like I had been laboring in the bath for a while and the sun was coming up and I was just like out of it. Like I was so tired and everyone was kind of like, hey, Katie, like it's morning. It's best to just get up and like live your life during <laughs> like during the day. We're not going to be sleeping anymore. We need to have a baby soon kind of thing. Not that they were pressuring me, but just like, let, let's keep it going. And we can't just like lay in the bath the whole time, you know? So she checked me around 9 a.m. And she was like, she checked me like not during a contraction, I believe. And so she was like, oh my gosh, like you, I can stretch you to a 10. You're like plus one station. And we were just like over the moon, like so excited. And my husband and I just like went into our bedroom and we just cried and cried my midwife was like, hey, Katie, I think it's like time to start pushing. Like, let's give you a minute to um, gather your strength and we're going to start pushing. So we were so excited. And so I started pushing on the birthing stool and that was going on for maybe like an hour, an hour and a half or something like that. Um, We started pumping just because like weirdly just my contractions just didn't get like they were strong, but it was just kind of on and off. And then they were like three to four minutes apart and then five to six minutes apart. It just, they never really made like a clear pattern, which was kind of weird. And so I was pumping and trying to stimulate my nipples. So my contractions would get stronger and I'd be able to push the baby out quickly. Um, So we were doing that for a while and I, I wasn't making progress. Like we could kind of tell like baby wasn't really coming or like nothing was really changing. So we were kind of like, hmm, what's happening? Um, My midwife checked me during a contraction and she was like, shoot, Katie, like you don't want to hear this right now. She's like, I think you're going to kick me actually, but I think you're only at a seven. And she was like, I don't really know. Like, I'm not even really sure what happened. I think it just had to do with, she checked me not during a contraction. So things were kind of like a little more loose and open. And then she checked me the second time during the contraction. And so it was like tighter and it just, baby wasn't ready to come and I wasn't open. Is that right, Megan? Yeah. Well, yeah. And I'm wondering too, like exhaustion wise, like your body was like needing rest. Yes, totally. I had been in labor for probably like 32 hours. Yeah something like and not even just like that like prodromal before and mm -hmm. not you know and so I'm trying to remember like if it was more of more like your body just needed rest because and also like position of the pelvis yes but um yeah it was a bummer 
Yeah, it was just you know? the worst news ever. It was so hard to go from like 10 pushing. I did it. Like I can do this for a couple more hours, whatever. And then she was like, you're out of seven. And I was like, no. Yeah, and like, I wasn't sure if there was like any swelling, maybe like yeah. we were pushing maybe yeah. prematurely, like it felt like 10 and then the swelling and the, I don't know. Yeah, it was yeah. just, it was, just, it was, kind it of was just a strange, unfortunate situation. I know. I kind of wanted to cry for you because mm-hmm. I was watching you just kill it, you know, and then to hear that is, that's just hard. That's just hard. Yes. It was, it was pretty devastating. For some reason I felt, I felt strong mentally at that point. I was just kind of like, okay, a seven, we can work with that. That's great. Like I've seen people go from a seven to a 10 in 20 minutes. I've seen them go from seven to a 10 in an hour. Like I'm getting closer than I was. And so we kind of had a powwow. We talked about it. Like my midwife was like, how are you feeling? Like, are you doing okay? Are you coping? I don't want to push you into anything. She was super nice. and just giving my autonomy, my autonomy to decide what I wanted to do. Um, she's like, we can break your water if you're wanting to like move things along. I decided like, it just felt like in my mind, I still had more to give. And I was just like, I think I'll know when I maxed out and I'm not there yet. I, I can, I think I can make it. I'm going to keep going until I just can't keep going any longer. So I went on a walk, Megan and my mom and my husband, I think came on a walk with me and Megan was making me do like <laughs> her box and like these squat, like jump lunge things like, on the curb. And she was like, I know you hate me. And I was like, yes, this is horrible. You're like, this like, is stupid. What are we doing? <laughs> it was the worst. And I was just like in so much pain and just laboring and Uh, So we were doing that, just trying to get baby to like move. And then Megan had like the best idea ever to go to the chiropractor and get adjusted. And for some reason, like, I don't know why we didn't think of that before. I had been going to the chiropractor my entire pregnancy for that reason, because I was having an age back. I wanted the opportunity to go to the chiropractor if I needed to. So for some reason, I was just like in labor land or something. I just didn't think about it. Um, well, and so it was like, like nighttime, middle of the night. Oh, right. Yeah, that's too. true. Like, yeah, and that true. at this point, it was like more early, like not early, early. It was like 11, maybe. Yeah. Uh-huh. I'm trying to think yeah. what time it was. And be a little bit before lunch or maybe right after lunch. So we were like, hey, you know, I was like, hey, is your chiropractor's office open? And I think Matt, did Matt call? I think. I think it was Matt or my mom. I'm not oh, sure. Like, someone called and was like, yeah. Can you come? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, someone called and was like, because I was like, have have him like come to my house because I had talked to my chiropractor about it and he said he did like home visits and stuff. So I was like, have him come over. I need to be adjusted. And the receptionist on the phone was like, yes, he can totally come over. It'll be like an hour, like an hour and a half or something. And I was like, no, like I am not waiting that long for the chiropractor to mm-hmm. get here. And so luckily it was like really close. So my mom and Matt and I jumped in the car and my mom drove us to the chiropractor office and it was, the car ride was horrible. And I was just like in the back seat, like moaning and vocalizing and just having strong, strong contractions. And we get to the chiropractor's office and I'll just always remember is the funniest thing. Like, even though I was out of it, I can still just remember so clearly <laughs> like what was happening. Cause I, I was a mess. Like I had been in labor, I think for like 36 hours at that point and I was a complete mess I looked exhausted my belly was sticking out I was like not wearing shoes or something it was crazy 
And these two receptionists were like teenagers or like early 20s or something like that. And you could just tell that they were shook that like I was in there at the office and I was making my sounds like every four minutes or whatever. And they were just like, what the heck? Like, why are you you doing here? Yeah, They'd probably never seen like a woman in actual labor. Like that's not in the hospital, you know? Right. They were just kind of like, what is happening? It was so funny. And I was just past the point of being embarrassed. I just couldn't care less at that point. So the chiropractor adjusted me and I remember him being like, okay, like how long have you been in labor? Okay, 36 hours. He's like, yeah, totally. Like hopefully after I adjust you, like you'll just like go home and have your baby in like half an hour, like an hour or something. And I was like, are you kidding me? I was like, I hate you so much. It doesn't, it's not that easy. Like, no, it's not just going to happen in an hour. I was like so bugged that he's- don't tell me that. Yeah, exactly. And it was like well-intentioned, of course, but I was just like, oh, I'm in labor. I've been in labor forever. And I I feel like I can say that because like, that's actually like pretty much what happened. So I left the chiropractor's office and seriously, the second I walked out, like my next contraction after being adjusted, I just felt like the difference in my contractions. And I was like, oh man, like that, that did it. Like baby is coming. I'm like ready to go kind of thing. So we drove back home and everyone was kind of like, I feel like everyone could tell like, oh, wow. Yeah. Like this is, this is different. This, these contractions are different than they have been. So I was excited, but I was just so focused. Uh, I labored on the toilet. I labored upright position and bed a little bit. And I probably did that for like an hour and a half or two hours or something like that. Then I kind of started making like grunting noises. And then everyone was like, yep, like sounds great. That's exactly what you should be sounding like right now. And those contractions were just so intense. And I remember like one of my biggest affirmations was these waves or like these contractions are not harmful to you. And I remember just feeling like out of body experience almost where I could just, I just got in my mind, like, this is not harmful. These are helpful. This is natural. Um, And so I could kind of just disconnect from my body almost and just have my body do its thing and have my mind be like in la la land kind of, and like, everything's fine. Mm -hmm. We're doing it. Like, don't worry about it. Um, So that was crazy. I kind of experienced that for a couple of hours of just total like disconnection from my body almost. And I, so then I started, I um, pushed on the birthing stool for a little bit. I probably pushed for like maybe like 40, 45 minutes or so. I was going to say close to an hour. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was hard too. Pushed hard. Really hard. I was just like, I am done. Like, let's get a baby Mm -hmm. out. And it was so weird. Like, I had never pushed a baby out for through my vagina because I had my C-section. You know, so Mm -hmm. I I kept being like, Is this right? Like, I'm not sure. Am I doing it the right way? I can't tell. (laughs) Like, so I kept asking for a lot of affirmations and stuff, and that was that was really helpful and. Just remember Megan was right there and my midwife was right there. My mom, my husband had just been like physically like holding me up the whole time. Like I was just leaning against him on the birth stool and he was just mm-hmm. right there the whole time. And I just felt so loved and so supported in a way that I've never felt before. It was incredible and so amazing. And so I was getting close. We could tell that um, he was getting closer and I was about to deliver him. So then we moved to the bed um, to help like tearing wise. So he didn't like shoot out in the upright position. So we moved to the bed and I remember the ring of fire was like so real for me. And I was like, oh wow. Yeah. Like that's it. I know what everyone's talking about. 
And I remember I just kept asking like, guys, can I do this? Can I do this? It just felt so intense. And it was just like a crazy moment in my life. And everyone was like, you can do this, Katie. And people were giving me water. And like, um, my husband was like holding me and people were like brushing my forehead and stuff. And it was just so sweet and so tender. And then I, um, I kept pushing and then my baby was born that, that day. And it was just the best feeling in the whole world. I, every time I look back, I just think about that moment and just think like, I am so strong. I can't believe that I went through all of those challenges and the ups and downs. And I just feel like the strongest woman in the world that I was able to accomplish that. And I just kept saying like, I got my V back. I got my V back. I'm so excited. And I was just like a mess, just like crying, like, and I was just exhausted, like completely exhausted. I I remember even feeling like I couldn't even really hold my baby because I was just like, I couldn't even move my body or (laughs) do anything. So I, I was kind of like needing support to like hold the baby and my husband was holding him and stuff. And it was just the most special moment ever. And so I, I had been in labor from like the beginning contractions to the end for 39 hours and which is just crazy I just can't even believe that that's a thing like how is that even possible how did I go through that and I I just think it's so cool because I don't know if people remember your story Megan but you were in labor for was it 42 hours yeah 42 Mm -hmm. yeah and it was just I just thought it was so amazing that like Megan was there with me the whole time and knew exactly what I was going through because she went through it too with her VBAC. She knew exactly what to say. And it was just wonderful that I had the support and the team because I wouldn't have been able to labor for that long in the hospital. Like there's no way. And so I just really needed that time and the space and the patience and everyone gave that to me. And it was the most beautiful experience for me and my husband. And we think about it all the time. So, Oh oh my gosh. And that's, it's kind of funny because that's where like I was too, where I'm like, I like feel this for her so mm-hmm. much. Like I understand mm-hmm. this in so many ways. And I mean, we, we both had like different things, you know, parts of our stories and everything, but oh, it was just, it was, you know, when, when you pulled that baby out, when that baby came out, like there was, I mean, I wish that I could create this image for our listeners because like you were in the bed, like Everyone was surrounding you, right? Like your family had, everyone had returned there. Yeah. Yeah, Everyone had returned and the energy and the power in this room. And like, oh, it was just, it was so incredible. I like, it just gave me the chills. Like it was like a whole like level up of strong, right? Like, I know it was, it was so powerful. And my midwife and her assistant, and I was just surrounded by women And then my sweet husband, who was just by my side the entire time, like he from like, so I started labor and I labored that night and it was just kind of like early labor stuff and he slept, but he just didn't even sleep that the rest of the time he was there with me the whole time, just supporting me emotionally. Couldn't, he still did a lot physically as much as he could, but he was just, he was there and so strong and yeah, it was just the most amazing experience. I, I feel like that was just, I have never felt so strong. And I always look back and I just, it makes me feel so confident knowing that like I was able to do something like that. My body did that with me. Absolutely. 
And there were a lot of parts along the way where you could have just said, I can't do this. Like there's doubt, like the doubt could have taken Mm -hmm. over. Right. Mm -hmm. And even if you had like a moment, which is fine, like those crying moments, those are healthy, like get it out, cry, Mm -hmm. let's vent, let's yell, whatever you need to do. Right. And then you just honed right back in and like got to work and oh, it paid off. And it was just, it was remarkable. Like leaving that birth, like you would never have known that like we were up all night because I was so high on life and happy and energized. Like I literally left energized. Oh my gosh. It's so sweet. That's yeah. so nice. Uh, well. just, I just felt so grateful. Like I had been preparing so hard for my age back. And like the second I found out that I was pregnant with my VBAC baby, I just, I started preparing. And I feel like somehow I don't know, like I knew that I would need all of that mental preparation for what was coming and it just paid off. And I I wouldn't have been able to do it if I hadn't been like so strong mentally. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes we prepare as much as we can before mentally and physically. And then in the moment, we still have some work to do Mm -hmm. and that's okay too. Right. Like still have processing. And we hear these stories where we like, and I I was triggered. I mean, I was in my driveway stomping around, Mm -hmm. throwing my arms, throwing a fit. (laughs) All the neighbors probably were like, what is (laughs) happening with her? Because I'm like, my water just didn't break. I'd be able to do this. And I was just so (laughs) a mess. Right. Yeah. And um, yeah, you know, we just have these, we have these things that we need to work through and it really is mentally and physically like prep is so important. And Deciding to like where to, to hold that space and give birth. And, you know, you did it in your home, which is amazing. And Julie did a hers in her home. And when I did my birth center, I did a birth center. I wanted a home, but my midwife did new home, you know, and then we know that the hospital, like amazing births happen at the hospital too. And so I think, I think like finding your space, finding your support, prepping your mind, all of these things are going to benefit you. And even like in a review, even if it doesn't end up in the exact way that you want it to through this preparation, you will be able to feel better about the situation in hopes, right? Like that's what we hope. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And that's one of the things like we do in our V, we talk about in our VBAC class, like our parents VBAC class is like this, here are the tools is the information. And we are letting you decide what is best for you, whether that be hospital, home, birth center, CBAC, induction, whatever it may be, right? Like here's Mm -hmm. the stats, here are the facts, here's the information, and here are the tools. And then we support you and love you no matter how you, how you birth. And yeah, I just, yeah, I will cherish your birth forever. And I'm so honored and grateful that I got to be in that beautiful space and witness such power. Man, I really, I can't explain the power that came from that room. I mean, people were standing in the bed. We were standing on the floor. We were all over. And like, I remember when I looked at Melissa and I was like, try close me. And she looked at me like, what? You <laughs> must be intoxicated. <laughs> you know, like all these things, like, you know, we just come up with ideas. And that's one of the best things about having that team is like, you have all the brains instead of just one tired brain. Right. And so, um, and when you're in the moment, like you can't think about those things personally, you can't be like, Oh, I should do this. Or I should go to chiropractic care. Right. Like Uh 
Like, I didn't think about, we should do rebozo in my birth. Like, we didn't do rebozo. I'm like, duh, why didn't we do that? (laughs) You know? But yeah. Okay. So I want to share a little bit of a a stat that we have on our website. We have a blog about home birth after cesarean and how to decide if HBAC is right for you or if hospital is right for you. But it says home births are becoming more common, especially home birth after cesarean or HBAC. Laboring at home is common, but even more and more parents plan to stay home for delivery itself. In 2017, almost 1.4% of births in the U.S. happened at home or a birth center, up to 50% since 2004. Isn't that crazy? So like, crazy. Up, 50, up by 50%. So we have um, the study in here and we talked about um, you know how to plan for a home birth if you're wanting a home birth and the risks of home birth and the benefits of home birth and then same thing, how to choose, you know, how to choose if the hospital is right for you, how to plan, all the things. And so definitely check out that blog. We will have it in the show notes. And then we also love chiropractic care and we've seen powerful things with chiropractic care. And so we'll also link our benefits of chiropractic care in the show notes as well. And I encourage you if you can, or if you're comfortable with it to check out a chiropractor near you who specializes, if you can, in like Webster trained or in pregnancy, right? Because not every chiropractor is going to suit a pregnant person well, like, because there's different type of chiropractors out there, but try and find one that knows how to correctly adjust a pregnant person and is able to really work with the pelvic dynamics while pregnant as well. Anything else that you would like to share, Miss Katie? I just wanted to say that I, like so many women, I'm so grateful for the VBAC link and for you, Megan, and when Julie was doing it so much just for sharing these stories. I listened to the podcast so frequently when I was um, pregnant with my second and just getting prepped for my VBAC. So I'm so grateful to you guys for commun- making creating the community around VBAC and helping us find resources and giving me the encouragement and the confidence to do a VBAC for my second. Oh, that makes me so happy. And that's really our goal here is just giving you the education, the confidence and feeling better while you are going through your journey. Thank you again so much. I seriously, like, I'm not kidding. I'm so grateful for you. So happy that you are back in my life, even though you're not even here in Utah anymore. <laughs> um, seriously, you, I know you're just going to do amazing things here at the VBAC link and that you're going to continue to touch people all over the world. Oh, thank you, Megan. Would you like to be a guest on the podcast? Tell us about your experience at the vbacklink.com slash share. For more information on all things VBAC, including online and in-person VBAC classes, the VBAC blog, and Julian Megan's bios, head over to thevbacklink.com. Congratulations on starting your journey of learning and discovery with the VBAC link.